I almost spoiled the surprise earlier this week, and I'm just curious if you have any guesses as to what we're going to be talking about today. I have no guess because when you said I almost spoiled it, was you looking down at your feet at a wedding (laughs) and saying that you didn't paint your toenails. I don't know. Are we talking about nail polish? I don't know. No. Because you said that and then it like triggered oh my God, I almost spoiled everything. I was like, what are we going to talk about? Well, have you heard of OnlyFans? Yes. Okay. What do you know about OnlyFans? I know that it's kind of akin to like a Patreon Mm -hmm. where you can subscribe and pay to get exclusive content from a creator. I believe that there's a multitude of content on the site, but it's most well known. And I think probably most prevalent on the site is sex work porn nudes that kind of thing Mm -hmm. I don't know if there are any uh like I know on YouTube for example certain things if you say them your video will get demonetized Mm -hmm. I don't know if there are any restrictions on OnlyFans I don't know if you can do whatever the hell you want I guess within like the law because you can't like kill someone on camera or something (laughs) um and then the kind of big things I've heard about OnlyFans was the time where Bella Thorne yep got an OnlyFans and kind of like scammed people out of like $2 million or something ridiculous, like promised more explicit content. And she was like in bikinis, which she's in bikinis on her Instagram, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think then OnlyFans maybe put some more restrictions or, or, or there was some sort of policy stuff that they implemented after that, which mm-hmm. really hurt a lot of the sex workers that were on there. So I, kn- I heard that. Mm-hmm. And then I heard more recently that there was like a rumor that they were going to ban sex work from the site which a friend of ours told us was never actually the case and that that was like fake publicity that they put out to like get more publicity about OnlyFans, something like that. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I can see it either way, but frankly, it would not, I would not put it past a corporation like OnlyFans to try and garner the kind of public pressure to allow them to do their most profitable work without losing Mm -hmm. the interest of investors or whoever else. Yeah, but I don't know, I don't know, I don't know a lot about OnlyFans in terms of how it started. And Mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of sex workers on there. And it seems at face value like a safer place for people to be in control Mm -hmm. of the kind of sex work they want to do and not have like a middleman. But I don't know if you're going to just show me how wrong I am or I don't know what angle we're taking. But yeah, I don't have a lot of like in-depth knowledge on are we supposed to like OnlyFans or not? (laughs) Okay. No, that's I feel like a perfect level of knowledge. And I feel like you actually have a very good grasp on the main points and sort of like the pillars of the platform and some major beats in its history for the past few years. But we'll go like a little bit more in depth and then also sort of take a narrative approach following along the journey of one person who joined OnlyFans and started making money or not making money, I guess. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. Oh my God. So yeah, I guess to fill in kind of the gaps, as you mentioned, this is a platform where individuals can create a content subscription of exclusive like videos and photos for people to buy. And in that way, it kind of feels like YouTube, but you just have to pay to see the content of the creators you like and follow. And it's actually, as a platform, relatively new. So it was founded in 2016 by this white guy named Tim Stokely in London, England, with his brother, Tom, using a loan from their dad, Guy, as their seed money. (laughs) I feel like that's the most white shit I've ever heard. Like, Tim, Tom, and Guy found OnlyFans. I love that they're brothers (laughs) and they're Tim and Tom. I know. I know. So cute. (laughs) 
Well, I thought it was an American Sweet. company, so. I know. I, know I did too. And actually, the majority of users are based in the U.S. So it's it's very hard to get demographic info on both users and creators of OnlyFans. Um, OnlyFans doesn't put out much info about average age or gender breakdown or racial breakdown. But from this one site that I found called InfluencerMade.com, not sure how reliable that is, but <laughs> they suggest that 45% roughly of users on this site are based in the U.S. And then the next biggest bucket of users is 6%. From the UK. Are there, in terms of paying for content, are there tiers of access or anything like that? Is it like a subscription? Mm. Like you pay for Netflix and it's the same price whether you watch one show or all of them? I know you have to pay money for each creator. Mm -hmm. But if I get a subscription to your OnlyFans, mm -hmm. do if I pay like $100, do I only get nudes? And if I pay $1,000, I get like <laughs> videos or something? Yeah. So basically the way the pricing works is that right now you can either set it up so that a subscriber upon subscribing has to pay a certain, a dollar, a certain dollar amount per month. And once they do, they get to see everything that month. So all of your posts and then... They can tip on top of that, and you can also DM them exclusive photos to just them that they can pay more for. Mm. But another option is having your subscription be free and have some posts be visible or the captions of some posts be visible, but then charge for the majority of posts a certain amount, and then also additionally tips and DMs. But every creator can set their own price, okay. and there are different strategies to that, some Bigger names are doing the free subscription and then just pricing each premium photo bundle and other things like that. Um, so there are different strategies, but everyone's, everyone sets their own prices. Are they allowed to change them? Yes, I think they are. I don't know if there's a limit to how often you can be changing them or if it's like only once a month or something, depending on what fans have already paid you that month. Mm -hmm. But just based on the YouTube videos I've been watching, I've seen people kind of tweaking their strategies with pricing. So I think you can change it. And do we know what cut OnlyFans takes? OnlyFans takes 20% of 20? everything, including including tips. That seems high. It seems high. <laughs> and it is, you kind of likened this to Patreon. It's higher than Patreon, but it's lower than Cameo, which is kind of another similar like exclusive pay-per-view platform. Mm-hmm. And something else that sex workers have said is that basically, yes, 20% is a significant cut, but if they were to build their own website, purchase cloud storage, pay a credit card company to process their payments, they expect it to be roughly 20% of their income regardless. So it doesn't to them feel like such a significant cut that it's not worth it. Okay. It is It is a huge cut. It is like a gripe that you'll see on the internet of people being like, this is annoying. This is a pain point of mine in using the platform. But it's not like this is like I can't even stand for it. It would be embarrassing if I accepted, if I sold my work at such a loss. Yeah. yeah. It's cheaper than if you built your own thing. Most likely, unless you already have like a huge pre-existing platform, maybe right. the cost would be lower or something. Exactly. So those are all good questions. More more mechanics about the platform. So as you also mentioned regarding genres, there are and can be many kinds of genres on the platform, like musicians and makeup artists and drag queens and personal trainers, 
but they are known for and it is primarily used for, as you said, adult content. So you were right on the money for sure. I think it's funny when we talk about sexual things as adult content because it makes you think like, (laughs) what if you had an OnlyFans and it says adult content and it's like some really hot girl on the front and you're like, ooh, I'm going to buy this. And then it's like, teaching you how to do your taxes it's like this is how you write a check <laughs> oh my god i mean i would subscribe to that let me just say i feel adulting <laughs> is quite hard <laughs> anyways about the creators selling content on this platform so as we talked about OnlyFans does take a 20 percent cut but besides the fact that they kind of have this plug and play option where payment processing and cloud storage is already there for you It also allows creators to, especially adult content creators or sex workers, Mm -hmm. to work from home and on their own schedule. And when you're at home, you don't have to meet up with potentially dangerous strangers if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of preferable to some alternative or like other historical forms of sex work. Mm -hmm. You could also be your own photographer, right? Like you could get a tripod and not involve anyone else in this process. You can make the content that you want to make, like your bio and your profile could say, this is what I do. And you don't say anything you don't do. And then you never do that. And you can also not deal with the clients you don't want to. So you're ultimately kind of screening your own clients. And there's like theoretically no middleman or middle person forcing you to work with certain people or perform certain acts. And no STDs. Also that. Yeah. If you're not meeting up with people in person, you know, (laughs) you save yourself (laughs) that headache. Or Um, STIs. I think the correct thing is STIs. Yes. They are infections. That is right. I don't really have key information on who on OnlyFans that is an adult content creator had previously been an adult content creator and just migrated all or part of their business to this platform as compared to those who joined OnlyFans to start for the first time selling adult content just because of its popularity and the relatively low barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but it's, it's definitely a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ratio is just unclear to me. Mm-hmm. I also will say regarding gender, again, like we don't have key demographic info from OnlyFans, but in the research that I've done, like all of the community spaces for creators that I've gotten visibility into seem to be majority, if not exclusively women. Like it seems to generally map onto other types of sex work, I think. Like for example, stripping. I feel like the visibility I've had into that industry, which if I'm being honest, has mostly been media. So who knows how sensationalized that is. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it's predominantly women selling and predominantly men buying. That seems to kind of be like mirrored in this creator versus user dynamic on OnlyFans. Mm. Speaking of the users. <laughs> so yeah, we talked about how they come from the US, which is, I mean, just given it was founded in the UK, pretty interesting. Influencer made that website I referred to earlier thinks or reports based on, I think, a survey they did that 87% of users are male. So again, yeah, just kind of seems to map onto the assumptions I was making or didn't seem to disrupt some of my assumptions. Yeah. And then in terms of the actual mechanics of the platform it's a little bit different from traditional social media sites so i kind of likened it to like youtube but with payment but it's still pretty different so like instagram and tiktok have algorithms or like search functions that allow you to find people that you don't have the exact username for on tiktok you can scroll through what is called a for you page or on instagram you can go through an explore page and you're shown content by people you've never heard of and never followed mm-hmm. and that's how people can build followings pretty quickly but that's not 
possible at all on OnlyFans. If you search, if I go on right now and search Audra in the search bar, unless that is someone's exact username, nothing will return in the search results. It won't return similarly spelled terms from people's captions, usernames with that name in their username, synonymous, like nothing will return unless someone's actual username is Audra. So you have to have someone's link to find them on OnlyFans. Mm. There are some suggested creators in like a side panel, like you might see suggested friends on Facebook, but I don't really know how they choose to spotlight. And it's not, it's not, I think where most people go to find who to follow. So when you open the site, there's no like for you page at all. It's just blank, like a search bar and that's it. Yeah. Let me open my account right now because I can do a better job describing it to you. <laughs> okay. So, well, I've subscribed to someone because her subscription was free and I wanted to see what was up. So she's in my feed, but I think your feed would, it would look like a feed, but just have no posts if you don't subscribe. Okay. And so you'd see all the sort of traditional buttons in a navigation menu, like home notification messages. Cause the people you subscribe to can, as I mentioned, DM you pictures that you might want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have saved posts, but Yeah, there's a search bar at the top and then your feed would just have nothing if you don't subscribe to anyone. And if somebody gets a picture in a DM, can they download that picture? Great question. I'm not sure that they can download it. I think they can screenshot it. But one thing that OnlyFans has baked into the platform for creators is the ability to watermark all of your photos. Okay. So it pretty significantly prevents like copyright issues like that because they're all watermarked that's cool yeah and they have a lot of other like kind of security measures as a platform so before you're allowed to post anything at all you have to upload a photo of your driver's license id or passport and then corroborate that it's actually yours by with the device you're signing up on also getting like a video scan of your face Mm. and i don't know how accurate it is but it is a pretty like it seems like it would prohibit or mitigate some potentially underage people from trying to sign up Mm. so the point as i kind of just alluded to of having this security measure is to make sure a you are who you say you are but also b that you're of legal age consent to selling work like what is sold on OnlyFans, or to prevent even more intense revenge porn stuff like if somebody made an account with your name mm-hmm. and it wasn't you and post stuff yeah. about you. <laughs> right, exactly. And like, as a disclaimer, I have not looked into incident rates of revenge porn on OnlyFans. I really don't know how often it happens, but like- It better be zero. This, it better be zero. <laughs> it should always be zero. Um, but yeah, I I do think this would mitigate the incident rate to some degree at the least. Mm-hmm. And also before posting, you have to connect OnlyFans to your bank account i don't know that your name on the big account has to match the name of your degree but like you have to connect it to your bank account for when you withdraw earnings and i think that also i mean i don't know that i had a bank account at like 16 or 17 so i think it also i mean there is there are these hoops that you have to jump through before you can start posting your own content Mm-hmm. You also get to restrict or block users either by username or IP address. So you do have a lot of control of like who you're interacting with, which I think is really nice. And I think what's also great is people have to pay up front before they view it. It's locked until their payment goes through. So you're getting your mm-hmm. money up front. But that is, I mean, I guess it's inevitable because it's online. Mm-hmm. But that could be a barrier to entry for people if they don't have bank accounts. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Or like don't have state issued IDs. Yeah. If you're undocumented Mm -hmm. and this was something that you wanted to be able to fund your life with, Mm -hmm. is there any information about people 
wanting to use OnlyFans and not being able to or using it and it getting them in trouble in some way. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's definitely a gap that I should have looked into in retrospect. And so something I will be doing the second we hang up. But nothing that came up in, in my research was about that. And I'm actually curious. There are kind of other similar platforms. I think there's like just for fans and other things that are like very, very similar to this. And I'm curious if they all have the same kind of security measures, quote unquote, when you're signing up or if some of them are more accessible to people who might not have documentation or bank accounts. I I don't know. Mm. The last thing I will say about kind of security is that you can be anonymous. I know I mentioned that you'll have to give your real name when you're uploading an ID, but your username can be like your stage name and you can exclude your face, identifying tattoos and birthmarks from your photos and then remain anonymous. When you're DMing people, it's not like you're doing that over your phone. You don't have to have them like cash app you because they pay through the platform and you don't have to meet up in person. So if this is something you wanted to do anonymously, I think you could theoretically with the existing functionality protect your identity to a degree. Okay. How do you feel? (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready for the fun stuff. So we're going to go on a journey from December 2018 to present day, which at the time of recording is September 2021. And along the way, we're going to check in with an OnlyFans creator named Michaela. Okay. And we will meet her now. So I... Is she going to join the Zoom? <laughs> oh, hala, I really wish she would. <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like... Why don't I start DMing people more? Like I need to be sliding into the DMs. My research game is like not good enough. Okay, rookie mistake, won't happen again. <laughs> but her OnlyFans page is um, OnlyFans.com slash Michaela Smuntry, M-A-K-A-Y-L-A-S-A-M-O-U-N-T-R-Y. So check her out if that's your thing. But okay, so backing up a bit, she graduates college in December 2018 with $30,000 in student loans. And she continues working at the restaurant that she had worked at in undergrad after graduation until it closes in summer 2019, which leaves her without a job. And at that point, she decides, okay, this is a sign that I'm destined to focus on content creation as my full-time job, i.e. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, other social media channels. But she isn't really blowing up anywhere and for the first few months is like really struggling to gain traction. And she finds that, or she needs to find in her words like a wave she can ride meaning like some flavor of content that is going to resonate on her platforms and then she can start to milk for revenue and she needs to find it soon because she's like majorly struggling to pay rent and needs to make more money Mm -hmm. so she gets the idea in january of 2020 to open an OnlyFans, and her goal from what i can tell was just to basically make enough on OnlyFans to pay her rent that month and then use that experience as fodder for like good youtube videos Mm. so in her second ever video on the topic of OnlyFans, she explains her experience and a few things about the platform kind of like become clear first is that because of the way the platform works and kind of that lack of discovery or explore page you have to have existing accounts with followings to be successful on OnlyFans Mm -hmm. because you have to promote your link no one can find you without your link And no one's going to have your link unless you promote it. Mm. So in that way, I know I said you could technically be anonymous, but I think it would be really hard unless you already have a ton of other accounts with your stage name because you, you, you have to promote your link. You have to put it everywhere. And so it's not like seeking arrangements where people go on 
and might like put a different name or whatever and they can connect with people like almost like a dating app Mm -mm. and you don't need to promote it anywhere no you have to promote it and i don't know if that's a business strategy on OnlyFans part like i don't know if it's a business strategy guised as a security measure where they're pretending like oh well no one can find you that like you wouldn't like no one who you wouldn't want to find you can really find you unless they have your link or if it's like you have to get the word out you have to start evangelizing you have to say our name and we so want, i'm not sure yeah we want 20 percent of some big money not 20 percent mm-hmm. of your three dollar subscription right exactly so i mean who's to say so that's um, another, so that's barrier to entry number two <laughs> yeah you're not going to become a millionaire selling feet pics without anyone knowing in a week. Like you got to promote the shit out of this on your YouTube and on your Instagram and on your Twitter and all of this stuff, which are places that people can easily find you easily. Right. So then it kind of seems like what's the point of having this? I mean, <laughs> like, like then the safety part seems less credible mm-hmm. because if it's to protect your identity or make it so that when somebody Googles you like an employer, it's not your LinkedIn and your OnlyFans. Right. But if you need to be telling everyone and their mother about it, right? Then, <laughs> then it's gonna it's gonna show up on some search result on some search engine somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think that there is still a lot of safety, but I don't think there's a lot of anonymity. Like you still are probably of legal age. You're still getting to do and perform the acts that you want to perform, and you're not having to meet up with people you don't want to, and you're blocking who you feel like needs to be blocked. But you're probably not anonymous. So, yeah, and that that just becomes clear as she's, you know, talking about her first month because she doesn't get fans until I mentioned this was her second video about it that I watched. In her first video, she posted about her first week on OnlyFans, and it was only after then that she actually started getting fans. So after this video gets like 700 views, she gets five fans, and that's when she starts making money. So it's only, you know, after getting the word out on some other social media page that this became lucrative in any kind of fashion. And I will also say it really seems like it takes a fuck ton of work. Like it requires the same time commitment as a full-time job. I mean, you have to be, first of all, digitally literate. Like you have to be able to set up your account. You have to be able to take like well-lit photos and edit them. You also have to be like finance savvy enough to like understand how to strategize your premium photo bundles versus what you're damning people, what you're posting, your subscription. And people want to see you posting every day. Like she says, she's she's posting every day. You also have to kind of figure out like what background and what outfits. Like it, it seems like a lot of thought and a lot of work goes into this. Wow. Like this is not, this is not a casual side hustle. This is like, yeah, she's working her ass off. Okay. We also learn a few more technical things. This is when I learned that OnlyFans takes 20% of your earnings, but I also learned that referrals are a huge part of people's earnings. Referrals? Yeah. (laughs) Referring other creators, not other users, but like getting other creators to make content on the platform. Hold on. So people who are not on the platform yet and you try to get them to join the platform? Yes. So if I have an OnlyFans and I say, Ellie, I really think this is the side hustle for you or full-time hustle. (laughs) Let's be real. Yeah. You have so many loans you need to pay off. Like you should do this. Like you're so cut out for it. You're fucking gorgeous. People would be pounding down your door, make an OnlyFans and you sign up with my link. What happens is I will earn 5% of your earnings for lifetime. What? Let me clarify. I don't take it out of your earnings. It's basically like a bonus. So I'll use numbers. Let's say you make a hundred dollars after I refer you and you used my referral link. You're going to take home 80 
right? Because OnlyFans takes 20. But then I also take home five. It's not like you're going to take home 75 because I took home five. Like my five is just like a bonus five. So the five is coming from OnlyFans, like their cut. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm getting 5% for lifetime. And also to be clear, so this is the one place for me where OnlyFans won't take 20% of my cut. So they're not going to take like a dollar from me of my $5 that I took from you. So that's the one place where they're not going to take 20% of my cut. So really in perpetuity, like as long as I have an OnlyFans account, Mm -hmm. OnlyFans is taking 15%. You're taking five. I don't like it means nothing to me, but you're getting like 5% of their cut of my stuff. Exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. And as a creator, no matter if you were referred or not, 20% will be taken out. Okay. And so you'll always see 80% and it kind of either goes all to OnlyFans or like partly to your referrer. And the rest only fans. Okay. So I would say the last thing that becomes obvious as she's talking about it is that it seems like gamified to a degree that other platforms really aren't. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) You get a notification when you climb the ranks. So when you're in the 10%, 5%, 1%, and then what they call 0%. So if you're like the top 0.5% of creators, you get a notification and... It's like a very big thing. A lot of OnlyFans creators, when they're making how-to videos on YouTube, it'll be titled like tips and tricks from a top 0% OnlyFans creator, or it's in their Twitter bio. Like I am a top 0%. Like that is a badge of honor. And it's like very much treated like ascending the ladder to a certain degree. Okay. So kind of like on YouTube, when people get those YouTube play buttons or whatever, (laughs) when they get to like 100,000 subscribers and a million subscribers or whatever and YouTube sends them like a little plaque yes but I actually that's a good question because I don't know if there's a plaque or a badge that shows up on your page it's just something you you know at least are individually notified about and then you promote everywhere but on OnlyFans when you go to follow somebody new it kind of shows their rank on their page only in their bio like they have to say it like it doesn't it's not something that OnlyFans like bestows on you with a badge for your page. It's not the onus is on you to let people know that you are a top zero percent. So I'm on Michaela's page right now and her bio is reading join the fam home to the hottest babes on OnlyFans top 0.8 percent of creators. So she's written that Mm. there's no like badge that I can see anywhere. The hottest babes. Does that mean it's not just her? Well, okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) You're asking the right questions. Also, if you hear very loud talking in the background, I don't know if you can hear it. It's my super in the hallway. I live in New York. I can't avoid this. This is life in the big city. And you, dear listener, <laughs> just have to love us for who we are and where we live. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's gamified to a degree. Referrals are a big part of it. OnlyFans takes 20%. Takes a lot of work to make money. And you have to promote it on other platforms. So, like, that's what we've learned in this video that she makes. Okay. But she works really hard. And she does well enough to net, after the OnlyFans cut, $1,097. And her rent was $1,050. So she accomplished her goal, which is, like, really fucking exciting. And in her first she, month? In her first month. Like, she worked her ass off. And Damn. she seems so, like, in the video, she's, like radiating this like excitement and relief and pride like she's Mm. very proud of herself and like relieved to have paid her bill and she seems very optimistic and like excited to see what's next so that's kind of where she's at after her first month and she was making adult content 
on OnlyFans? Yes, that's okay. A, okay, yeah, but that's not what she was like used to doing before. Like on YouTube, no. she was doing other stuff. Okay, no, honestly, I think I think originally her goal was like, look, I need to pay rent, and I need uh, I need a cash cow for my content creation lifestyle. I need something to talk about on my YouTube and Instagram channels. And it's kind of like clickbait almost. Like if I write OnlyFans, I know people will search OnlyFans and my video will come up. Okay. So I think that's kind of like what her goal was, but she hadn't previously been making adult content. And then that is what she decided to make for OnlyFans. Smart strategy. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Clearly it worked. (laughs) No, this girl's fucking smart. Like we'll get to it, but this girl knows her damn shit. Okay. So she released that video that second one about OnlyFans that we just talked about in February of 2020, because it was after her first full month. I think you know what happens in just a few short weeks after that. The pandemic. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Coronavirus reaches like a fucking fever pitch in the US. And everyone's on their computer now. Everyone can consume OnlyFans like it's their full-time job too. Correct. So it's this like really unique moment because there's a huge boom and people signing up to be OnlyFans creators and to be consumers of this content because people are out of work like people a lot of women right like who work in restaurants or childcare or women even if they're essential workers they might have relied on childcare to be able to go to their job so a lot of people had to just quit their job to stay home and take care of their kids even if they didn't lose it so they're all signing up or not all of them, but some of these women who have lost their jobs are signing all up to... All unemployed people are on OnlyFans. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's like you get that with your employment check. <laughs> have you considered OnlyFans? <laughs> but on top of that, everyone's at home, as you said, like bored all day looking for sources of entertainment. So is this... It's like, I think it's very unique that there was a jump of both supply and demand like at the exact same time. And this is also the same time that TikTok, the social media platform, is taking off in the U.S. And there's just so much OnlyFans content being circulated there as well, which is due, I'm sure, in no small part to that referral incentive. Like suddenly the Mm -hmm. women who are on it are probably just like screaming it from the rooftops. Mm -hmm. But also on TikTok, there was this like very popular dance to a Megan Thee Stallion song called Savage. I only know the Carol Baskin version. Oh, (laughs) I'm kidding. I know the original version too. You're such a you're such a cool cat. <laughs> um but there's a different version of Savage. <laughs> and it's the Beyonce remix. So there's a remix feat Beyonce and in her verse she mentions OnlyFans. So like it's really it's really out of nowhere like suddenly everyone and their mother is talking about this. Like I had literally not heard of it before April 2020 and Suddenly, everyone, everywhere I looked, people were talking about it. I mean, do you remember, like, the first time you heard of it? The first time I heard of it was, I think, actually when it first started, just because there was this person on Facebook that posted funny videos and then suddenly, like, stopped posting funny videos and started posting, like, when Facebook got stories, started posting, like, these really sexy pictures with his boyfriend and it said, like, subscribe to OnlyFans. And I was like, what the hell? And so I didn't really know what it was, but that was the first time I heard the name. And I thought it was some fringe ass shit that this guy (laughs) that was like, I'm done making funny videos. (laughs) Damn. I mean, it might have been at the time, but it entered your consciousness then. It sounds like before the Savage Remix feat Beyonce came out. Yeah, but I definitely like 
didn't think about it or didn't really know about it. Like I also think the pandemic was when Mm -hmm. I started hearing about it on a, on a bigger scale right? or other podcasts talking about it. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Right. But yeah, so that happens. That Savage Remix comes out in April. Obviously the coronavirus outbreak reached its like fever pitch in the beginning of March. So there's this huge bump in sign up, and then we reach our first small hiccup in the story. Uh oh, where's Michaela? <laughs> I know. The way referrals have worked up until this point is that you earn a bonus of five percent of your referrals earnings for life, and as a reminder, it doesn't come out of the total pay they earn. But in May 2020, after this huge boom, OnlyFans announced that they would be limiting the five percent referral bonus to. Da, 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 da. one year not oh. lifetime one year of your referred creator being on the platform no one is getting legacy in they might be getting an additional year but no one is getting legacy in oh yeah what are your thoughts i mean i it just feels like false advertising and like if the idea of of incentivizing referrals is because you want to grow your platform people need a benefit like people need an incentive to do that they're not Mm going to do that recruitment work for you so instead of hiring somebody to be in charge of recruitment or whatever Mm -hmm. you have your people do it and it's going to disseminate to many more people it's a i feel like a great way to try to get people to use your content or use your platform but if you promise that what they're going to get is five percent forever Mm -hmm. that might motivate people to do that work more and it's it just in general, you promise one thing and then you took it back. Like once yeah. you're, once you got your goal, which was growing your platform. Yeah. Now you're like, eh, I don't want to give all my money away. Ah, fuck you guys. And so now all these people that joined, probably a lot of them through referrals. Now you're fucking over your OG client base or whatever. Right. Not a good way to build trust and morale. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I must agree. And like, it also means that these people who have been busting their ass to refer people have shot themselves in the foot because they had a hand in saturating the market and making it hyper competitive for themselves. Ooh, that's a good And now the only benefit they had of having done that is being stripped away. Like it's super frustrating. And like one person said, this person named Kaya Corbridge said, when I started, I signed up over 500 content creators and trained them up, offered them support, promotion, and even a guidebook that I created on the promise and contract that I would get 5% of their earnings for life. So many of us have spent years training up our future competition. That's such a good point because yeah, you... You want other people to succeed because it's going to make you money, too. Mm -hmm. And that's a great system. You know, everybody gets to succeed. We're supporting each (laughs) other. I love that. (laughs) And you're right. Like, now you're screwed. And I also, as Mm -hmm. a user, would be nervous if part of the appeal of being on this site is, oh, I can refer all these people and I don't have to just make money from my own content. I can make money from all these other people's content. They promised that. Now they took that away. I'd be like, all right, well, what other things were the reasons that I wanted to join? Is it because of the anonymity or safety features? Are they going to suddenly take that away so that they can promote the big people on the site more and like Mm -hmm. get more people to subscribe? Like I would get nervous about if you're taking this away, can I trust you to keep everything else? Yeah. That was like part of my, you know, contract in a way of joining this platform. Right. I, I I am so glad you brought that up because I really feel like instability and like being taken advantage of not by like clients, but by this corporation or other sort of like 
other players in the industry itself, like, is a hallmark of sex work. Mm. And, like, they just get, because of the nature of the industry, like, really, really batted around. Like, they're in the fucking pinball machine being told one thing and then the goalpost moves. And to be clear, it's, like, it's not only fans alone that pulls this kind of shit where goalposts are moved later on. Like, on a much, much, much smaller scale. I feel like that happened to me when I signed up for my Uber credit card where I signed up when the rewards were freaking amazing and they had us all like they weren't actually like incentivizing us to evangelize but I was evangelizing about it because I was like this card is amazing and then after like a critical mass of people signed up the rewards became utter garbage and they have all of our credit card data and our spending habits and like they get to decide how to grow their fucking conglomerate whatever the hell and they also still one of the rewards they've maintained is incentivizing using Uber. So it's like they win. And yeah, corporations pull this crap all the time. But I do think sex workers are obviously more vulnerable in this yeah. particular case and like more taken advantage of, again, not by their clients, but like exploitative fucking corporations and other industry players. Like Spotify too, that when they started, they were like, you know, fuck all these gatekeepers in the music industry. We're going to like democratize access to music Anybody can post their music here. You can listen to everything. You can make your own playlist, blah, blah, blah. And now Mm -hmm. they're buying up all these podcasts and making them exclusive to Spotify. And you can only use it on the Spotify app. So if you have a podcast app that you like to use and all your podcasts are there, now you have to specifically go get Spotify to listen to things that you've already that have like built up fans elsewhere, like being more available. And now Spotify is becoming exactly what they started out to try to fight right i hate greed i know it's such garbage it it feels like that like like a student teacher relationship where they can like dock points if you don't get your homework in on time but like if they don't grade it and return it to you for weeks like oh well yeah and like that's what it feels like is i as my whatever like signing up for the credit card company i have to keep all my promises or i'm fucked yeah but you get to do whatever you want it's just like the worst power dynamic in the world Ugh. fuck spotify Fuck Amazon. (laughs) Fuck it all. (laughs) (sighs) Anyways, despite the first hiccup in her journey, Michaela is doing well at this point. So I know I talked about how the referral incentive has changed, but it's still incentive enough to continue referring people to the platform. So has she referred a lot of people? Yes. She has done something where she is monetizing what she's calling promos. That's just basically her shouting out another OnlyFans creator on her OnlyFans page so that all of her existing subscribers see it in one of her posts. And then so she'll link their account. And she sells three promo spots a day every weekday. She's also selling Zoom consultations to help people build their OnlyFans page. And then she's also making videos on YouTube about how to do well on OnlyFans and tips and tricks and like problems she has with the platform and all of this stuff. And they are reliably her most watched videos by orders of magnitude, like way, way more than any other content she's putting out. Okay. So yes, while she's training her potential competition, theoretically, she has also created this little like revenue generating ecosystem for herself. Which is exactly what she wanted. It's what she wanted. And in fact, she also starts a merch line in June 2020. So I want to show you some of her merch and I need you to read the description to me. Okay. This is cute. <laughs> okay. So what does the description say? <laughs> okay. So it's a, it's a hoodie and it says on the hoodie, if you got it, monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's also kind of sad, but it's super <laughs> sad, which we'll talk about. But <laughs> okay. So the description says in all caps, make your own opportunity, baby. <laughs> And then um, 
how to become self-made, self-employed, and your own boss by making your own opportunities instead of waiting for them to appear. Monetize what you can and keep creating. Being your own boss is all about branding what you've got, and if you've got it, monetize it. Like, cute, but like, so depressing. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I do really appreciate the range of size that she has, though. Yeah, fuck yeah. What, What sizing does it start and go up to? It goes from small to 4XLT. Oh, that's great. But it just sucks because in part of my research, I saw these fucking obnoxious men berating young OnlyFans creators for being so short-sighted and like stupid and like not knowing what they're doing and like frivolous and just like spending all their money. And like here Michaela is trying to do everything right and think long-term. Like she is diversified her active and passive revenue streams. She says she has 14. She does OnlyFans. She does YouTube. She does Amazon affiliate links. She has this merch line. She does DoorDash. She invests all of this stuff. And uh, it just breaks my heart because people fundamentally shouldn't need 14 streams of revenue Mm -hmm. just to pay their rent and student loans. Like, so this is not a takedown of Michaela, but I just find that if you got it, monetize it rhetoric so depressing yeah i mean it it seems in her case that she doesn't need all 14 in order to pay her student loans at this point Mm -hmm. like this is her expanding her brand into every arena and just letting it flow or am i wrong i would say yes and no i think so she grew up pretty poor and like parents would lose jobs and money was tight and like not know what meals like when her next meal was coming and so i think that like Yes, on the one hand, it might seem like, okay, she's making enough that she doesn't need all 14, but I think the chronic instability of not just sex work, but like the American job market in general and the lack of socialized healthcare makes her feel like she does need all 14. Mm. And I think that that's upsetting. Is like, you should feel like, okay, I worked the equivalent of three full-time jobs. I don't need more to be able to know a ER bill won't bankrupt me. You know what I mean? Yeah, one job should be enough. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I get why she doesn't feel that way. So anyway, by mid-August of 2020, after launching this merch line, she pays off all of her student debt in full. And she has been extremely reliable with all of her debt up until this point. She has never missed a payment before, and she always tries to pay a few bucks more than was owed each time. But she finally gets to pay them all off, which is... That's amazing. So fucking exciting. Quick disclaimer for listeners who do have student loans, though. When you do this, if you opened up your first credit card, like, significantly after taking out your loans, just know if you pay off all of your debt in full, those accounts will close and then your credit age will go down. So your credit score will go down. It's very stupid, but she learned that the hard way because growing up in financial instability, she'd always been told that, like, credit cards were the devil and she didn't open up a credit card till 2019. So that was kind of a bit of a mistake, but she got her credit score back, if you're all concerned, (laughs) to 740 within a few months. So she's fine. But yeah, just, I don't know. For those with loans, just keep that in mind. Damn. I mean, not that I'm paying all my loans off anytime soon, but Mm -hmm. good to know. (laughs) Just in case you come into a lump sum of money. In case I join OnlyFans after this inspiring story. I mean, just in case. (laughs) But I feel like this also goes to your point of just like, you say this a lot, like we should be taught like, this crucial shit at some point i know financial literacy man it's so tough and it changes all the time and there's so many things to keep track of and why why have i read the sun also rises three different times in school (laughs) and i've never learned this i know and like why why does paying off all your debt make your credit score go down like that's just the biggest bummer and so unintuitive that doesn't make any sense and also why do i have all this debt 
<laughs> yeah, right. All of the above. <laughs> Regardless, it's super exciting that in January she wasn't sure if she'd be able to pay rent. And like now she has paid off all of her loans. Oh, amazing. But now we run into our second small hiccup, which you alerted to earlier, the Bella Thorne controversy. So I know literally nothing about her. Did you not watch Shake It Up Chicago, Audra? Um, I watched. Okay, I watched. I know she was on the show with Zendaya and... I just don't know what she's been up to since. Like, I know she's active and working and, like, earning money and being a celebrity, but I just don't know what she's done since that show. Okay. But I do know that in late August 2020, she makes an OnlyFans account and promos the shit out of these quote-unquote nude pictures, sells them for $200 pop, and makes $1 million in a day. Can she pay my loans? <laughs> <laughs> my fucking God. So it's like 50,000 subscribers or something sign up within like 48 hours, like majorly disrupting the market. And then when people get the photos, she's, as you said, like not actually nude. She's just in like skimpy lingerie or a bikini or something. But that's obviously not what she advertised. And these people paid $200 and like justifiably felt scammed. So beyond disrupting the market, it makes other OnlyFans creators feel like they've had their reputation kind of soured and Mm -hmm. they feel like it makes them all look like scammers. Mm -hmm. And what also happens is that a flood of refund requests or chargebacks come into OnlyFans and they are like infrastructurally not equipped to handle it. Like they're already struggling. They do not have enough servers for the website to be functioning given the boom of creators and users. Like there is glitching all the time. They can't handle this chargeback (laughs) mountain. Like they can't handle it. It's a huge mess. And for context, like, I don't really know much about chargeback policies, but I feel like it has to toe the line of protecting the people buying the content, which is important to make sure, like, they get what they paid money for, but also has to protect the people selling it so that, like, people requesting refunds aren't doing so just to get money back, even though they did get the content. And I think that that happens sometimes. Like, people will just... And maybe this stigma kind of facilitates this, is, like, they can call their credit card company and be like, I never bought anything on OnlyFans. And then the creators are liable for the refunds. Oh. And so they also kind of feel vulnerable to the chargeback policy. Oh, shit. Because, like, OnlyFans doesn't pay out those refunds, which, like, in Bella Thorne's case, yeah, it makes sense. Um, but people do... It, it's, a, it's a give and take, basically, is what I'm saying. And... Then, after the Bella Thorne controversy to prevent such a massive chargeback issue in the future, OnlyFans makes another change to their policies. So we talked about the referral change earlier. Now, they implement price caps where there weren't before and reduce any existing price caps. So the amount of user can tip you is now capped, which I don't think it was before. And like a price cap for selling like a premium bundle is much lower, like half of what it used to be. So people feel like, or OnlyFans creators feel like, okay, you disrupted the market, you gave us a bad rep, and you've like profoundly affected our incomes now because this completely changes all of our pricing strategies and like what we're able to provide and what we're able to make on any given message or post or whatever. And I'm already not getting my 5% referral bonus anymore after this, <laughs> right? Or like after a year or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh. And another thing is like, she's a celebrity. Like she didn't need a million dollars. And these people are like, I'm trying to pay my goddamn loans. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to pay my fucking rent, dude. Like, you don't need this. Yeah. Her defense is basically like, I was trying to destigmatize sex work, but clearly she had not talked to any real sex workers and like asked what they needed or like, you know, like she's also profiting off of this. Like, oh, you're trying to destigmatize it, but you also made millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, so who's benefiting? You could have shouted out actual OnlyFans creators. Or talked to them. And as Cinnamon Love of the BIPOC, B-I-P-O-C, that's Black Indigenous 
people of color adult industry collective said of Thorne's OnlyFans. Stigma is not dismantled by a mainstream celebrity pretending to do sex work. And they feel like yeah. it was an attempt of like sanitizing it more than destigmatizing it. Yeah. So people are, let's just say, not pleased. Yeah, exactly. And and again, like your impact matters. Your intentions matter, but your impact matters too. And so you don't get to be like, well, I don't want to take responsibility for any of these consequences because I was trying to do something nice. Okay. And it's like, <laughs> well... It's not really enough. <laughs> not at all. Like OnlyFans was already mainstream. And if you wanted to destigmatize it or like help people out, like there's so many other ways you could have done this, dude. You don't need to do it yourself. You wanted to make money. Don't lie to me. <laughs> and like that's such a theme in the sex work industry, which we'll get to. But like people have really little regard for their impact. And they always, always, always like package super shitty policy and shitty ideas and shitty actions and good intentions and like oh, I was trying to destigmatize or like I care about like reducing the exploitation of women it's like if you sincerely cared about that you would have taken a much different approach you would have thought of a different policy you would have talked to actual sex workers and Vela Thorne did not do that which sucks if you're trying to destigmatize something and you exist outside of the community or behavior or industry that you are trying to destigmatize you might have some relative power in like allyship of, oh, I'm not a sex worker. So maybe if it's coming from me, people will buy it or whatever. They will mm -hmm. believe that we don't need to treat them like they're doing something horrible and immoral all the time and they have autonomy over their bodies and to do whatever they want with them. But the point of allyship is not to like take over the narrative and yeah, and like do work for people it's like look let other people come to you okay you know like yeah if there was some sort of collective or union or something of only fans mm -hmm. users and they were reaching out to celebrities like we think that if you talked about us or promoted us or celebrities that are very sexually empowered in an open way or like if cardi b and megan the stallion after putting out wap or something started shouting out mm -hmm. A bunch of OnlyFans creators. Maybe something like that would help more than yeah. Cardi B joining OnlyFans. <laughs> Everybody subscribing to her and then her posting something that she would post that she would wear in a YouTube video anyway. Right. Exactly. She actually does have an OnlyFans, but not for adult content. And she has not scammed anyone. And she... What does she do? Is it a cooking show? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't subscribe. <laughs> I didn't subscribe. Wait, let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. I would love that. Um, I am Cardi B. It says she has six posts total, and she was last seen on August 22nd, so I'm not sure she's super active. It's only $5 a month, so it's it's actually a lower price than Michaela's. Michaela's is 26 per month. I mean, she also has 4,000 posts, so she's generating more content. $26 a month? That's expensive. Oh, it's expensive. Yeah. No, Especially it is. if you have to pay individually for each person, that will add up yeah we already need to have 10 different streaming services i mean i know good god. Oh god i know there's so many but yeah i know it would add up for sure i think that's part of why just like with oversaturation people have been switching that to that model of having a free subscription and you pay per post instead i wonder how much the average only fans like fans spend like how many accounts on average they subscribe to and how much money they spend a month on OnlyFans. I know. I'm also so curious. Let me see if that influencer made website has anything. I know they said that the average creator earns 180 a month, but let's see if they have anything on like spend. I also find it kind of amazing that 
OnlyFans is as successful as it is and that there are people that are making so much money off of it, given how accessible porn is on the internet, like free porn. I know. And I understand that here you're getting a more like personalized experience and DMs and and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I still just find it fascinating that something could succeed that could compete against free content. I completely agree. Okay, so I'm not able to find average spend of fans, but it looks like Influencer Made, based on the survey they conducted, thinks that the average income of fans is around like a salary of 42000 a year. Mm. So that's the only info I'm seeing. Okay. So Bella Thorne and her controversy, that was at the end of August 2020. Now we're going to fast forward a few months to January 2021, and we will check in with Michaela, who has now officially been on OnlyFans for a full year because she started in January 2020. Mm-hmm. So despite the few hiccups that we've talked about, she's still doing well, and she has officially netted $103,000 exactly pre-tax. So that hasn't been taxed yet. She will have to pay whatever it is, 20 to 30% taxes. But that's a fuck ton of money. That is a lot of money to make in a year. It's a lot of money to make in a year. It's a lot more than she's ever made. She lives in Minnesota, by the way, if you're curious about cost of living. And I do just want to clarify, this is when she is a top 0% creator and she puts like a full-time job's worth of effort into this. And like, as I just told you a few minutes ago, she has over 4,000, 4,000 and a half posts in her feed. Like I can see the number of posts, even though I'm not subscribed. I just... The rhetoric around OnlyFans Online is often one of, you will become a millionaire in a week by just selling feet pics and you don't have to put in any effort. Yeah. This girl works fucking hard. She's in the top 0% and she earned 100K. Like, it is very unlikely that you will become a millionaire on the site. I just want to be very clear. <laughs> that's, a, yeah, I guess that's surprising for me because I, did, I, I mean, I took that whole comment with a grain of salt of you can just get really, you know, a get rich quick scheme. But I would have assumed that if you were in the top zero point whatever percent, that you'd be making more than a hundred thousand. What 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 gets you there? Number of subscribers or we don't know. Okay, so there's a lot of speculation. People think it has to do with just like earnings from the last month. So I think your place changes. Okay, every month, like your position, um, and they think it has to do with earnings. It might have to do with like engagement rate of your base or newly acquired fans or like percentage growth, but people think it has to do mostly with earnings. So, I mean, that's a good PSA for anyone listening if you're interested in making OnlyFans. Michaela is in the top, top. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say Franja, but I couldn't think. Of- <laughs> she is in the top, top percentiles that you can be in. And she's making a hundred thousand. Yes. And then I'm sure that the person that makes the most money off of OnlyFans is in the millions. Yeah. So that's that's good information to have. Yeah. And so like if you want to be doing less effort than Michaela, this likely won't be covering your bills. It's pretty much like if you're looking to buy a house, pay off your car, pay off your student loans, meet rent in the meantime. Like if you if you have shit to do, if you have like a I don't know chronic illness. Like I'm not sure if she buys her own healthcare plan but I would say like this is going to take work if you want to pay your bills and being a millionaire is going to be even harder (laughs) yeah but yeah so she's kind of just like going over this in a few videos she puts out in January 2021 and she also in one of her videos has really just like generally good advice for all people trapped in capitalism like (laughs) diversifying your revenue streams opening an IRA because she doesn't have a 401k with 
OnlyFans. So she opened IRAs and she has a high yield savings account and she does invest her money. She uses Robinhood. And so I was like, wow, like I'm taking fucking notes, like watching this girl. That's great. And yeah. So like that I think is really helpful to everyone watching, whether they're getting OnlyFans or not. But I also did notice some red flags a la if you got it, monetize it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So tell us. There was some kind of too good to be true language to the tune of like, I mean, what you read in that merch description, like be your own boss, make your opportunity. Don't wait for it. Like do it and do it now. It can't hurt. It can only help. She talks a lot about like manifesting, like manifest money and it will come to you. Set goals, radiate a higher frequency. Like what you need will come to you. (laughs) Ellie has just like toppled off her chair. (laughs) Oh my God. It's just at first it was giving me girl boss. And then it was giving me televangelist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Honestly, there's that <laughs> diagram is like pretty much a circle. of <laughs> Like there's too much overlap between those two groups at this point. <laughs> Just oh, manifest God. money. Manifest it. No, manifest it. Be your own boss and manifest money. And she also talks about like a recent breakup and how the negativity of her ex-boyfriend was like blocking her from achieving her potential. And so again, just like, like with the motto of her merch line, it's clear as it has been that like, she is highly motivated and highly organized and like really ambitious and goal focused. And it just makes me nervous because in that mindset, while it is evidence of her work ethic and like aspirations and drive, it also really makes her liable to being gaslit or taken advantage of, again, not by clients, but by OnlyFans, or like more accurately by America, I guess, when you're convinced that you're responsible for your own destiny, and it's your fault if you can't pay the bills, then if things go wrong, you also necessarily think it's your fault. Like you think you didn't manifest enough, or maybe you should have had 20 revenue streams instead of 14. Like it it just makes it easy for people to tell you that it's all your fault because you didn't try. And it's easy for you to perpetuate that in the people that are following you if you're giving them these are the tips on how to become as successful as I am. And I think when it comes to industries that are very competitive and very few people can really make it, if you will. The people that do make it and do succeed, of course, had to work really hard, but lots of people work really hard and don't get the same results. And so mm-hmm. there is an element of luck, right timing, algorithm, whatever it might be that you just right. things aligned for you. And right. when that happens and you have been working really hard, of course, you're going to be like, yeah. I worked really hard and therefore here I am. And so we're only going to see videos from the super successful people telling us these stories. We don't see all of the, you know, hundreds of thousands of actors that audition for the same part and don't get it or whatever. Mm -hmm. We just hear the success story of this one girl from a tiny town that somehow made it. And on her first Mm -hmm. audition, she gets a huge TV show or whatever. And we only hear from the people that succeed and not from the people that fail. And most people fail totally in these environments. Most people fail. But you're right. Like, like the successful people are the most visible and you have this like very biased sample size. And yeah, I think you're also right. It's, it's a constellation of factors. Look, has a lot to do with it. Timing has a lot to do with it. I mean, what would have happened if she joined in January, 2021 and not January, 2020? Like, she got in right before everyone wanted to sign up. Could she have referred as many people? I mean, $50,000 almost of that 103K was referrals. Like, it's a huge motherfucking chunk of your revenue. And if there wasn't such a bump in, like, people trying to 
become creators, she might not have had all that money. Like, it's just, it is timing. And I also think this rhetoric is, like, so tantalizing to demographics that are discriminated against and, like, locked out of the quote-unquote dignified labor market because they're in positions where their backs are up against the wall and they do need to pay their rent and they need more money. So they want the answer that's like, well, just, just, just manifest it. Just manifest it. And like, mm-hmm. ugh, I don't know. It's just like, it's just tough because I feel like the most vulnerable people end up becoming the most liable to be gaslit or taken advantage of. And so I just thought those were some red flags that came through amidst the super helpful financial advice. Yeah. And I don't think everyone that's successful is equipped to tell you just because they're successful doesn't mean they really know why they're successful or they know (laughs) the entire scope of why or they're equipped to like teach you how Mm -hmm. to become them Mm -hmm. if somebody came up to you and was like okay how do I get into Georgetown would you have like a foolproof because you went to Georgetown you can get somebody else into Georgetown like you would know exactly what you did what the perfect alchemy was that your application went through and somebody else's didn't you have no idea what the university was thinking what part of your application was valuable to them what parts weren't you don't know so just because you did it doesn't mean you know how to make it happen for other people right yeah and like I had SAT tutors and I had the money to take it I think I don't remember how time how many times I take it but like I wasn't waiting on like a limited number of vouchers I could have taken however many times I wanted. My brother had gone to Georgetown. Like I also did have decent grades and some sus- like some subjects and a lot of the reasons I like probably got into Georgetown, like having a tutor to be able to get the scores I got, that's not helpful advice. You know, it's like manifest okay. the money to get a tutor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she's doing it, you know, like she's doing the thing. She's paid off her loan. She's making six figures and In May of 2021, she bought a house. (gasps) Wow. And that's where we're going to leave it for now. We're going to leave Michaela. We're going to come back later and um, we'll resume our story and we'll bring us up to the present next time. I really hope that there's not like a tragic end to this story. I mean, I hope Michaela can continue being successful, maybe change her rhetoric a little, but keep the financial (laughs) info coming. I love that. Yeah. I recommend her video on um, how to increase your credit score. That one, honestly, I found super helpful. That's my evening plan now. I'm going to go onto her YouTube and check out her content. I'm going to go watch her vlogs about her new house where she decorates it all. It's so satisfying to watch. And I can't wait to see her um, vision boards for every room in the house. So that's what I'm going to go do. (laughs) Chat soon. See ya. Culture Colander is produced by Elisa Nolasco and Audra Fitzgerald. Show art by Angela Cho and music by Santiago Hervella. Research for each episode is conducted independently and is for entertainment purposes only. Information shared in the show reflects the best we know at this moment in time, and there is always more to learn.